0: Welcome to the Wrestler Review. John Hastings, as mentioned, unfortunately still in England doing some uh, sad, sad things. Sad things. His friend uh, passed away and he had to stay in England. Ladies and gentlemen, here from Wrestling Brain to help us talk about Mabel, a man who is using Mabel as a jump off point to get to the world's greatest champion of all time, Big Daddy V. Ladies and gentlemen, Josh C from Wrestling Brain thrilled to be here dylan you you
1: you shot me a, a twitter dm and you said we're gonna what why would you want to come on sorry about the short notice but we could talk about mabel and you had sort of stepped on a landmine without knowing it this is a wrestler that i feel deeply passionate about that That's i feel insane. is uh not forgotten by history but it's maybe remembered in uh, a worse light than i think viscera deserves so uh with the wonderful research you've brought forth my love for the big man, I'm fired up to be here today. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, man. Thanks for coming. And you know what? This is a thing about Mabel. As as we often go over wrestlers' careers, you think of a guy with this much natural talent with what I – I mean, we said this before, but, like, one of the most oddly perfect and unique looks in professional wrestling history and a guy who really – I think – if Paul Heyman somehow gained the book of like an early Ooh. 90s WCW, he would have been the alpha version of a bodyguard character. Like just how I forget what other podcast I was listening to, but they talk about 911, where it's like 911 had one job. He came out, someone was being a dick. He chokeslammed and walked to the back. Like how, because Mabel's finishing move was a splash. And everyone else was like, oh, his fucking move is a splash. What a fucking loser. But Mabel's splash was like, oh, that's the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. You could do a fucking Mabel splash somebody. He's out for a month. I totally believe that.
1: Yeah, I mean, being 500 pounds is a huge
0: advantage Six, if you're going to splash somebody. if this somebody. guy fucking lost weight, he would have been like, oh, he finishes <laughs> a choke
1: slam." Well, anything with this body is landing on you is believable. And I think it's even pointed out in many shoot interviews I've listened to. Guys hate taking his splash because he wants it to look impactful. He's He's a, no, he kicks his legs out. <laughs> like he goes flat. You know, you want to land on all four sort of in a yeah. crawling position, the belly lands, whatever. But you're so right, Dylan. When you talk about this perfect look, if any child, early teenager was watching wrestling when Viscera was on the screen at any point in his career, NWA, WCW, WWF, wherever you saw him, relative to his ability in ring, which of course limited, He, you do not forget him. He is responsible for, um, largely, we're not going to become the Matt Cardona podcast here, but Mabel figures are amazing. They're all oversized and King Mabel so stark. (laughs) And you go, oh my goodness, he's so memorable. He feels iconic in a way that within wrestling, everything is so pomp and circumstance Mabel didn't have to dress it up a ton. Mabel and a couple contacts in, and you have in yourself just a a top-end star. I love your call about if Paul Heyman would have gotten his hands on this guy.
0: Oh, dude. And also, like, weirdly, even as far as 90s wrestling, we'll get into it, but it's, like, a cohesive career where it's, like, he starts out Mm. as Mabel, he becomes Viscera, and then he rolls with the Viscera name, wherein... Obviously, especially within his era, it would be totally normal for them to be like, page one rewrite. He's not Mabel anymore. He's like, whatever. He's the sassy dentist.
1: Well, especially at that period of time, right? Like he was with the sort of latent racism mixed with how much mm-hmm. uh, Vince McMahon <laughs> loves seeing fat guys dance. Like, oh, dude, Viscera was almost destined to be like a racist, shucking jive big man. Well, even in uh, fucking have- Mabel. exactly right like one of
0: the 1930s like that's the thing we discovered by doing a bad news brown episode the reason why bad news brown or bad news allen which is so funny that he changed his name from allen to brown like even that that's fucking weird yeah (laughs) and then he was like sapphire was one of the characters from the amos and andy show and that's why Dusty Rhodes' day Valley was sapphire, and bad news uh, Allen went into Vince's office and was like, I know the bullshit you're fucking pulling. Like fucking you, know you piece of shit. Oh, bad news. This is the thing. Bad news Allen was like um he was like way more he was way uh it's hard to for a white kinda of talk about, but it's like he was a really like aggressively proud man. Yes. and money didn't matter to him. So if someone was fucking... Like, the story about bad news. Alan, where it's like, Andre says the N-word, and he's like, all right, let's get off the fucking bus. Like, fuck you, let's get off the bus. Yeah,
1: all business, Japan, doesn't care about the paycheck. Exactly,
0: and then Andre sits down, because like, and that's the other thing about Andre that it always pissed me off, where it's like, you yeah. don't want to fuck with Andre, it's like, he's immobile.
1: Uh, dude, he's most people stuff. in that locker room, like the idea, and especially since Andre, and we, I'm sorry, I'm horrible for getting people off track, I I love talking about everything at once. Dude, but dude, it's dude that's the entire
0: podcast, look at our reviews, people call okay, great. us, the characters from Parks and Iraq, the douche and the whatever. And then they're like, they didn't talk about wrestling for 40 minutes. <laughs> okay. We did an hour episode about Reno from a natural born thrillers like three and years ago. And you didn't have
1: me on? My God. No, buddy,
0: you're going to be a resource. Trust me.
1: But it is weird about Andre that he gets this reputation. Now, you obviously have to give Andre his credit because in terms of attraction wrestler, he's almost the prototype, right? Like that's, there's something to, okay, this guy doesn't have to do a lot. And he draws the most money. He's that, the best one ever. Yeah, I think that's probably true. And, but that said, he has this thing where it's like, he's a known asshole, like tons of wrestlers who he didn't like that he was an open prick to. And like you say, in his thirties, yeah, he could have probably muscled you up a little bit, but he's still being an asshole, like open hand slapping Roddy Piper. It's like, if you told me Roddy Piper and uh, Andre were going to square up, I'm picking Piper in that fight in in that period of time. Like Andre can't turn around. Once you get him on his back, how is he getting up? (laughs) That's exactly right. I mean, the the guy's in his matches leaning on the rope, like the stays standing up in his matches. It's crazy.
0: Well, and like usually you have to guess where someone's dick is. You can land a full power (laughs) chest punch to this guy's hog and he's down and then he's he's never getting back up. Also, the other thing with Andre was like, which a lot of people talk about in documentaries, which doesn't excuse him just using the N-word with impunity, is it was a in-pain man. They're like, oh, it's so fucked up too where it's like... he could drink a lot. It's like, yeah, man, he self-medicated. Like you're really putting the hero thing behind this guy's
1: pain, which is yeah, what wrestling does. Well, not to get just right to it, but my my family uh rife with alcoholics. And if you Let's get are, right uh, to it. Yeah, and if you are like- My name is like, Josh.
0: You don't know my last name.
1: We're all yeah. alcoholics. Yeah, that's absolutely right. <laughs> you said it perfect. And when you hear somebody, the stories about Andre, it's like, yeah, he was just down in a dozen bottles of wine a night. I'm not hearing like- Oh, fun, drunk night at the bar. You know, I'm not thinking <laughs> me and the boys put down you know, a bunch of wine. This guy over wants to die fast. <laughs> yes. Like this, this is a guy who is you said, self-medicating. Yeah, escapism. Something's playing there with a guy at that point. And then you see him immobile. Yeah, it's it's a more tragic tale than 100 percent. It but it's
0: way more uh, better for an hour and a half documentary to go like, yeah, you drank a lot. Here's some <laughs> fun stories rather than he tried to commit suicide and failed every single day.
1: Oh, my God. Every now, day. But you have the reason to make that doc. You need to be the guy who makes that documentary.
0: Oh, buddy. Yeah. The Andre the Giant. We're trying to we've all made it the goal of this podcast that when Jerry Lawler finally gets put away for pedophilia, we'll just end the <laughs> podcast. That's been the unofficial thing. We've stopped talking about it because like the first 3 years were just us being like this man's a pedophile, bring him to justice. But anyway, and now you're just depressed that everybody
1: knows it and nothing's happening.
0: <laughs> it's it's so funny who gets picked. Anyway, Nelson Frazier no Jr. Mabel's real name, which, by the way, Nelson Frazier, great name. Secondly, this is the most shocking thing about the research is that he was a wrestling fan from three years old, which is crazy when it's like, oh, I have the most perfect wrestling body you could possibly (laughs) want, and I like wrestling. Like, I would have bet everything that this guy was like a football player that hurt his knee or you know some sort of athletic endeavor then he gets injured and goes I guess wrestling because like usually when you are as careless in the ring as this man was you just kind (laughs) of don't give a shit but he was like no I just don't ever want to really learn how to make this look good I'm just going to murder people and of course he gets into professional wrestling and quickly quickly goes from uh, memphis directly to the wwe and in watching his memphis stuff jerry lawler once again who i called the roman polanski wrestling on many occasions true knows exactly how to book this guy jerry lawler and jerry Jarrett, magnificent bookers this happens so much in professional wrestling but that episode of south park where you know they have mel gibson and yes. he's just an insane racist. And then he's like, <laughs> clearly states what to do with this movie. And they're like, actually, that's a fantastic idea. Yeah,
1: that's you really have a grip still on how to do the movie. Thing. <laughs>
0: and yeah, that's you, Jerry you... Lawler. I guarantee Jerry Lawler right now. You just like interrupt him watching recess at a public school. And you're like, what should we do? How would we satisfyingly end CM Punk versus MJF? And he'd be like, oh, and then he'd be like, well, that's amazing. It gets it's... everyone over.
1: It's wow. so shitty to to run up against that constantly within wrestling. I'm a, yeah, I'm sort man. of a general combat sports fan too, which is just a world mm. rife with there's no one to cheer for right it's shades there of horrible no people for. uh competing and so you end up in this position where it's like how, am I comfortable praising people that I am morally opposed to and I have arrived at I am uh it's it's horrible to admit <laughs> but I'm uh I just did a, a month reviewing uh, ECW uh 97 I reviewed their four pay-per-views in 97 just did little revisits that and Jerry is Jerry Lawler is phenomenal in ecw one of the greatest lines is this place made of toilet paper
0: because all i see inside it is shit
1: dude that's he he has a hundred lines like this crap and it's shocking it's exactly what you're saying and i i had a guest on for that episode and they pointed out well of course jerry lawler knows this not only is he jerry lawler ecw spirit to memphis isn't mm-hmm. that far a bloody brawl around but i bet you're damn right lawler's mind for the business not to be called in question and for mabel breaking in at the perfect time here because if you don't want to learn how to wrestle that much nelson frazier it's a great time to just be enormous like that you can you those two
0: hey i don't want to work out either i'm yeah. super fat let's go <laughs> i'm six eight i eat fucking shit you imagine but, that locker room too like now oh. the catering is like does this have carbs? Boiled in chicken. It? Yeah, dude. Yokozuna, Mabel, <laughs> Bam Bam, Bastion Booger. That's oh, fucking awesome. I would the that's hammies. the show behind the show. They would legit, if they had the, the uh network back then, it would have just been like, who can fucking eat? Like? <laughs> Let's fucking go. <laughs> like a lot of like WWE guys, um, men and women have just basically become by virtue of their you know, they become fitness influencers and competitive eaters need to go into WWE
1: not only are you exactly correct it's a it's a sad thing about myself that I think I'd be more interested in watching the eating competition than a lot of wrestling uh, I love the idea Ooh, of, a like of a bunch of reality
0: Eric Bischoff's right about that
1: yeah, fucking, cash.
0: Dude, Rick <laughs> Boogs I'm I I didn't know who <laughs> Rick Boogs was and like I've been exercising more I don't call it working out because I can't lift enough
1: Sure. So, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? yeah. People who are like, you
0: bench 300 pounds, you work out. If you're fiddling around there, you exercise. But Rick Boogs, I was like, who the fuck is this guy? And then I was like, oh, he's an okay wrestler.
1: At best, sort of. But it's, yeah, it man. is. Listen, when I said you have sort of stepped on a landmine in inviting me onto the show, what I'm really talking about <laughs> like, is that there is a wrestler that I am missing in the modern wrestling landscape. And I call them the big fat guys. Exactly. Uh, the BFG's. Your earthquakes, your Vaders, yes. your visceras, your uh, headhunters, your whatever, whoever comes to mind. I want an attraction wrestler to the degree I, I've been. A, I've been a bartender for most of my life. Yeah, big strong guys can fight, but giant fat guys are who you can't move or do anything with. These are the guys <laughs> that if two guys are fighting, go. Move you like beat it, you like there is a believability and a match style that comes with approaching a giant like that. That I think is missed. Viscera is one of the most, or Mabel at this point, but he carries with him a a gravity. His tank is so full of what he can do in wrestling that getting jacked and learning to wrestle can come after. It's nuts, of course. And oddly, the thing that I think WWE, I think
0: the only indisputably great thing wwe has done in the last decade is they came up with the m- amazing match style for those wrestlers which is right. the goldberg lesnar match which is yeah. make it a heavyweight boxing match make it a heavyweight ufc match they Car crash almost knock each other out for three minutes and then it's fucking over and then you can do a bunch of ladder matches where you get these guys to fucking catch people like it's like the most simple way to do things they lose quickly Or they win quickly. That's it. It's a feast or famine.
1: And it's a story that commentary should be able to tell effectively, right? Because like you say, it is mirrored in real life. Okay. Yeah. uh, That we we have to contend with Goldberg, this never-ending freight train. But guess what? The lungs aren't there. This guy's in his 50s. An old guy body isn't meant to carry that. Sorry, but that they no, always
0: do tell that story, but then it's like, oh, big show, you gotta, he's, he's not quick and whatever, you gotta outlast him. And then it's like minute 20 and everything's fine. Yeah. Like they never go, like, well, he's, they never, this is the thing with wrestling and the thing with WWE and that I think all of our hopes were for AEW is, to and the, obviously no one's going to do it to this extent but like you need consequences for mm-hmm. the actions enabled to tell like a great story that's how movies work that's how everything works mm-hmm. if there's no consequences then why do i fucking give a shit if a guy and and cody Rhodes told a story great if a guy's gonna lose a match and never fight for the title legit he never fought for the fucking titles like so he told i'm only story interested
1: in, in matches with stakes there are matches on the exactly. indies happening every weekend that the main event is an in-ring classic Uh, two guys who are can do all the moves and everything uh looks phenomenal and it's so prevalent like a wcw cruiserweight division couldn't happen now like everything is a crisp technical high work rate thing i want the the swing around where is 2022's viscera dylan got bring it to me
0: Dude, there's a guy in Impact I forget, but his name his I forget his name. There's a dude in Impact. It's not Falabala. Yes, I know one of them. But there's a bigger dude who plays like a straight up racist character. I forget.
1: Oh dear, I was thinking of Falabala, who is a a There's
0: Falabala. There's another dude who his finisher's a headbutt. He does a really good job of fucking slapping the old leg on it. I forget who he is. My problem
1: with TNA is that it's so bad. You know, it's it's hard for me to pay attention to. It's just uh, Impact is good now.
0: Impact is good. I'm sorry.
1: Stop this! This is this is uh, an atrocious rewriting of history. Yeah, I'm hanging up. Uh, no, listen. If now it's want... good,
0: Scott Demore. But then that's once all the money left, and Scott Demore is like, now I get to book it like it's the knockouts division. Do you know what I mean? Like, so I
1: totally. And I also appreciate that. I think most people aren't as scorned as me. They were smarter than me. I watched TNA from 2005 you know, to I'm 2015, sorry, so a decade. That's of hilarious. That, you're never you're never fooling me again. You fooled me for I was good until 2009. You had four good years. Five, and I why didn't we have you six. on
0: the jet with jet Last week was Jeff Hardy just in TNA, and it was, was like, we don't, but like me and John were comedians, and like when you're a comedian, your life is that. And especially during that era, those were like the passion years for us of those 10 years of like, I got to get on stage every night, and it doesn't matter yeah. if it's just like in the middle of a funeral, I'll grab the mic, I got to do my new stuff. And um, then like obviously that those TNA years, when we I remember Jeff Hardy coming out in that Impact uh first monday and be like i guess it could be good and then the next week being like oh it's not and then never watching again
1: yeah i mean i won't uh i do i'm begging somebody maybe one of your listeners can be this person dylan i am begging somebody to do a watch impact every week from 2005 till now podcast because (laughs) you will find when they are doing the nwa so you're always
0: behind like you're always like legit 17 years behind like you only watch it once a week
1: That's exactly right. Uh, So in
0: 2039, you're like, oh,
1: fuck. Moose is really going for it. What the (laughs) hell are you talking about? Bullet Club has arrived. Yeah. But I listen, you will see an NWA TNA uh talent share and ring of honor talent share that's very exciting and then you will see wcw happen again and then you will see the smashing pumpkins buy it like it is the the well crazy the well of what has happened to that company there's a zillion podcasts about wcw and tna seems 10 times more interesting to me at this point
0: it's way more interesting and it's way more low stakes so like you know what i mean like Yes. Wait, wait. We got to talk about Mr. Mabel, who was I'm actually a so uh, member of Nwatna. But because yes. uh, this is the thing, you can do, you can try and make a Mabel podcast super long, or you can really just be honest and be like, "He came in in 1993, Men on a Mission." How old are you, Josh?
1: I am 33 years of age.
0: Okay, so you're three years younger than me. You were five years old, and you know what, Men on a Mission. I'll be honest. I loved it. There's no okay. problem with eight-year-old Dylan Godhead with Men on a Mission. They, You know what you know what they had? They had a good oh. message. And uh, <laughs> they were, as, as far as wrestling goes, Oscar was only surpassed this past year by Max Caster as far as rappers go. I'm sorry, guys. Okay. So maybe I need to go back and time. Maybe John Cena, I guess, was, that was, was where... the first guy to surpass Oscar. But, I mean, Oscar was his thing. John Cena, when every rap is about, like, you're gay with a small dick, it's a lot worse than... Let's learn to read together.
1: I personally I love reading and I hate homophobia. So I think I would have been right <laughs> alongside. Maybe we gotta take Oscar. Yeah, I think Oscar takes this one hands down. And, and Cena, and now he has the rap album that I'm sure flies in the face of this. But on television, it's always the same cadence. Max Castor mm-hmm. does this too, but Oscar doesn't. Oscar's actually rapping, which I think is uh, Oscar's actually something.
0: rapping. Yeah, and Max Castor does it, it's more like it's more like a weird PG-13 roast that rhymes. Yes, yes. I do think Max Caster is much better than John Cena at rapping because it they're not lame. Even if right. they are too nerdy for most people, they are not lame. But Oscar getting out there i had no desire to be to read (laughs) i'm kidding imagine i didn't know how to read and then oscar was like you know what i'm eight i better bang this one out um (laughs) but men on a mission easy mo mabel their baby phases they came in mabel was upset because he played like generic thug character right um in memphis because of course he did because it was tennessee Black man bad, Jerry Lawler. White man with paunch showing one nipple. Good.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is what our hero is in Memphis. Yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> Joey, middle-aged man
1: showing weird nipple. Good. It's it's interesting. I've heard Viscer talk about this uh, era of his career and sort of the not the uphill battle he fought in Memphis, but feeling I, 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 it was a long time ago. I don't know if he felt boxed in, but it was like, oh, maybe this is all I'm ever going to be. Like I, oh, he wow. sees himself as this star, but. Oh, uh, they just see me as enforcer, enforcer, enforcer. All I'm hearing, all I'm hearing is enforcer. That makes a lot of sense that a wrestling promoter would see that as not viscerous ceiling, but certainly the way to use him. But it's so
0: interesting that this guy starts as a finished product. So it's like, at some point, it's like, you look at Big Daddy V, or sorry, you look at, um, oh my God, the Love Machine Viscera when he's doing the Lillian Garcia thing, and that's really the first time they give him the microphone and say, okay, go out there and fill five minutes. You'd think if you're like, I am a star, then you'd be able to back it up after like more than a decade of being in professional wrestling. But that's he's like- true. All these indies, all everything, he's like, I'm a star. I've never learned to do anything.
1: Yeah, and again, for the time period easier to get away with that than now. I think Braun Strowman might be your closest thing to a modern avatar, I guess, where it's a Braun Strowman can talk
0: and Braun Strowman for sure. Braun Strowman reminds me oddly of the rock where it's like, technically you would never go. That guy's good, but he fucking tries.
1: I yeah I, I definitely see what you're saying I, I guess maybe there isn't a modern like there isn't anybody who can wrestle who can't wrestle like viscera can in yeah high-end modern wrestling. Mabel anymore. effectively
0: is King Kong Bundy without the promos King yeah. Kong Bundy was a great promo not a good wrestler but he didn't have to be because his move is the avalanche and he splashed you five count nice and easy but Mabel doesn't have like He's like a happy guy and you can see the pain in his face in Men yeah. on a Mission when he's like I fucking hate dancing because yeah. he seems like also a self-aware dude where he's like I've watched wrestling. I know we're only a fucking couple seconds away from like this guy loves to dance
1: yeah. <laughs> It is uh, it is
0: one neat. of the I think it's the oh. Uh, what? Oh, oh, the Nubian Wrestling Alliance. They coined the Magic Five, the five yeah. uh, characters for African Americans
1: <laughs> What were they? I don't know if I know this It's probably so depressing. He's just a
0: fucking athlete out there.
1: <laughs> yep yeah uh i am from
0: the jungle oh yeah um yeah. thug yep yeah, yeah. um ooh uh streetwise preacher yes right and
1: fuck who's the other one it would be oh, dancing cocky, i think it's like cocky
0: athlete oh ooh, yeah chuck gonna drive in yeah
1: that's i mean that is so depressing and also like self-evidently true like 100%. if you went uh, i mean and that, then a lot is... of them
0: are like slick as two. right Uh, A lot of them are two. And then you look at wrestling now and it's like street profits. Fuck. You know what I mean? These guys have so much talent and it's still fuck. Yeah. I
1: guess
0: guess Bianca Belair is a new thing, but I think Vince is still like, where's Sonny?
1: Yeah. (laughs) We bring back Sonny. Can she win the divas title? It's the women's title. I'm past the point. I will never give Vince McMahon the benefit of the doubt ever again in my life. So when you, Float things like this, like I'm just going to assume that he is looking at this in the worst way possible. Like that's where my mind is. Like that's mm. the filter that I view Vince McMahon through. It's like what is the the worst, uh both from a booking sense and a moral perspective thing to do here, and he will largely execute on
0: that. <laughs> Dude, I mean, I wanted to have Hastings on this, John, but like obviously, I wanted to talk about for at least an hour. How soon does Vince run an event in Russia?
1: Oh, wow! Not the Great Ukraine question.
0: The Ukraine. Wins the war, freedom reigns. Vince, a week oh, later, is like, "We're going to Russia." <laughs> I gave Rusev ten million dollars. He wins the title. <laughs> He's Rusev on, again. Now. Lana's back, and we did a fucking oh. thing. She's never getting that accent wrong. We had fucking surgery. She talks like that for real now, all the time. All <laughs> she has to. I kind of like, like the dental, dental Californian. Surgery. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Anyway, um, Men on a Mission, Mo, very mad oscar i'm sure you've heard this was a real dick backstage and saw himself as above wrestling but also stealing my heart and yours Loved to teach people to read and didn't want to turn heel so when men on a mission finally turned heel which mo and mabel were very very happy with oscar leaves professional wrestling and how did oscar get started in wrestling vince saw him rap he just started rapping for vince and vince was like sick and we wonder why, me. why did people just like go up to people and start pitching ideas? It's like, sometimes you get a job for two years.
1: Yeah, I guess maybe there's a lesson to be learned there. Maybe I should just be rapping in front of more people. Maybe you should be functionally insane. I'm getting closer and closer as the days go. So yeah. maybe. I'm <laughs> I mean, all... it's
0: hard to be like, I'm really good at podcasting and then just interrupt someone in elevator. Like, so anyway, welcome to my show. <laughs> and I'm going to have a very natural conversation for one
1: whole hour. <laughs> I'm just asking them if they prefer John Moxley or Eddie Kingston as a promo. <laughs> in the elevator. Yes. Here's the like... thing about Eddie Kingston. <laughs> <and> <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> stuck. I'm stuck with uh, the internet. Anyway, yeah um they had a short feud with smoking guns um and of course we get and i forgot how quick this was they push mabel directly to the top of the card and he faces diesel and this is really really fucks himself and gets out of wwe and really a guaranteed paycheck way before he should have is he injures a bunch of people basically he gets not only and this is this is this is how much vince mcmahon clearly liked this man is that he gets the challenge for the title um he injures kevin nash who was their fucking they think Hulk Hogan at this point. Right. And um, which is a bad matchup because we all know you need to be able to do your actual finisher to the guy. You can't just fucking big boot him and win. You can't because then it's it's weird because it's like if Mabel's so strong, I remember thinking as a kid, if he's so strong, why did Kevin Nash beat him or Diesel beat him with his secondary move?
1: Well, and that's the problem, right? And that's why and I'm sure Kevin Nash thinks he probably can hit that terrible uh, jackknife powerbomb on most people. But what do you do? You have to find a way to do it, right? Get Mabel up on the second. Do the worst looking one ever. Or find something better than a boot. Chair, get a weapon Like involved. he tries goes yeah.
0: to go the, the chair, boot him in the face. Yeah,
1: something. But then but... it's
0: like also a guy who I think is very underrated. It's like not like Diesel's doing the test boot. No, no. Not I... doing the running fucking boot. He's doing yeah, the like, like very that much hump. you run into it. Yeah, yeah. I,
1: love, I love the tests boot.
0: But dude, the it... TNA finisher T and A finisher where he just runs <laughs> him
1: into fucking test boot one of the most underrated tag finishers i actually agree with that i think that's a genuinely great tag finisher i it's strange to me that viscera is brought back so many times because when you think of somebody who injured other wrestlers in ring he's one of the names that like Nia jacks in the the modern uh times but yeah viscera is like in that tier of maybe he was sloppy in ring maybe he didn't care but he hurt people Nia Jax didn't do it as much as Viscera. That's true.
0: Nia Jax did it. But like Mabel within. And this is like, keep in mind, this guy basically he's there for two years and the, he injures Kevin Nash in multiple ways in this <laughs> match. Like he he like, uh, what is he? He fucks his spine up and his abdom-
1: abdominal. Yeah, he, hit, he hits the spl- or not the splash, the, the sit out sit. and it compresses. And Dash. Nash apparently pulled him to not. He's like, don't do that. Move and he on. He just me. Fucking did it and he does it and Nash's spine is compressed now but think about that, it the click me. is in his ear this
0: is when like the click are like bam bam big you know <laughs> they run Douglas Bigelow all these guys are fucked because the click doesn't like him and Vince is still like mm, yeah we're gonna give him we the Undertaker feud. and then he legitimately breaks the Undertaker's orbital and then that's when they're like okay we gotta fucking okay. get rid of this guy
1: yeah Nash and Taker now let's just say Far be it from me to take Kevin Nash at his true word. Now I did. I love Kevin as, Nash. Kevin Nash post wrestling career so good. It's maybe the best post wrestling career uh, ever. But I think you're talking about maybe the the now. He's politically happy. He's a good communicator. 100%. I the Kevin Nash uh, where we're getting this info from. Is the 2004 to 2009 shoot interview run from Kevin? Yeah,
0: weed, weed, touchy, touchy, Kevin.
1: You're damn right. Now, he is the king of RF video. There's no getting around that. Every wrestling fan worth their salt has watched both of his U shoots.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Kevin Nash has a six hour shoot interview on just March of 1994.
1: Let's go. (laughs) He talks about every meal he ate and shoots on the cook. Yeah, and forget about Andre the Giant. The amount of red wine he drinks during it too is. And you could tell
0: see. he, you could just tell he was a pussy. Like, <laughs> I told Scott, I like this guy's a loser.
1: You, everything you need to know about the accuracy of Kevin Nash's shoot interviews is when he says. Sean Michaels, that guy's not a dick.
0: It's like, oh, okay. That's, let's let's pause. I guarantee Kevin Nash's definition of a dick is like, yeah, he found me funny, so. <laughs>
1: Yes. Yeah. He's he amazing. likes me. And I'm also a bit like that. If somebody likes me, I'm like, oh, maybe, 100%. you know, I like this guy. It's like, oh, I don't give like me that.
0: good laughs. It's like, I don't he killed who doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah he <laughs> was <laughs> Third day. They deserve to die, I guess. <laughs> Whatever. But anyway, you're continuing about uh, Kevin Nash. Uh, I was only going to say, uh, I wonder it, from what we know of the click at that time, running the locker room a little. I mean you can hear different versions of it, but at best they were isolated to themselves and largely mm-hmm. ignored the locker room. I wonder if he actually went backstage that, hey Viscera, don't do that move on me. I that's the sort of thing that I think makes a better story than in practice. Viscera only has mm-hmm. three moves. What are we like? You're gonna take the, the sit-out away from him what's what's our match going to be kev and then if there was something else that appeared to take its place i would think that conversation is more likely but it looks like a stock standard match on both of their fronts besides finishing with a boot so i don't know it's interesting
0: okay so this is something i wanted to talk about that i'm hearing a lot about uh, as far as professional sports go and then we're going to take a little break for a second for the listeners but like wrestling is the only thing where the athletes Control the complete narrative of what happened. And now that's happening in professional sports where you see a lot of athletes starting podcasts after their career and they're really carving out straight journalists from wrestling, sorry, from sports. And then you're going to end up with something that's like wrestling, which is like, I guarantee Kevin Nash, maybe he needed money at that time. Mm -hmm. And it's like, shoot on this period. And then you're like an old guy who's like smokes weed and drinks all the time. And you're trying to remember what happened when you were a pill head who was high all the time and drunk all the time. So you just kind of start saying shit. That's exactly you know what it. I mean. Well, absolutely. I, I don't when trust you're... any shoot so interview.
1: It's the only way to trust anything in shoot interviews is to get general ideas that are repeated by people who exactly. didn't like each other. So yeah. like, for instance, an absolute fact from shoot interviews is that honky tonk man is an asshole because yes. you can't get anyone from that period of time to agree on anything except when honky Tonk's name comes up to go. Oh, fuck that guy. Every, the king every... of shoot
0: interviews, by the way, <laughs> literally shoot on a shoot interview that he just did. <laughs>
1: That is the the absolute truth. So, the but best. you're absolutely right. It's it's this memory that and you didn't even bring up the concussions or the amount of uh, the repetition oh, of their yeah. lifestyles in that point of time. Like Kevin Nash gets corrected in some of these things by the great host, Sean Oliver. He's like, oh, that was actually this year, not that year. And it's not like, oh, that was the end of 96, not the beginning of 97. It's like, you're off by four years. You actually, that had nothing <laughs> like that had happened yet. But once like again, pill head. Absolutely.
0: Pill head, like pill pills, drunk and weed. Like, that is like, you're taking three different steroids for not knowing anything about your past.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's the memory juice right there. But
0: God bless Kevin Nash. And uh, Kevin Nash for, uh, Josh, I don't know, because you have a beard. But Kevin Nash, for all of us no chin kings, he is our true champion. They tried to, this story is great. They tried to get him to have a mustache when he first was Diesel. And he said, no deal, don't have a strong chin. And he walked oh, away. And like, that's how you do it, buddy.
1: Uh, Dylan, I haven't seen my jawline since 2009, but the last time I did, there wasn't one. Disgusting. And uh, and every, another, every
0: time I shave, I'm disgusted.
1: I'm sure I would be. And and for in terms of what he's done for uh, representation, a I am. What
0: the video is seeing a fantastic hairline.
1: I am. I am a deeply premature graying. I, my hair. The lighting is being of you know than it fucking, actually. Is. Me. I have the smallest
0: head on the show. It's a seven and a half. John oh has God, to fucking a order a bed and wear it as a
1: hat. <laughs> yeah, John must be a very smart guy. That's quite the noggin. But Kevin Nash made uh, the premature gray hot thing. He's like big, sexy with gray hair in his 30s. Gun. So thank oh, yeah, you, buddy. Gunmetal.
0: That uh, was he say in TNA? He was like... Uh, never going to die at gunmetal gray from here on out on tnn i was like man you're cool but also please just lose to a fucking cruiserweight so, <laughs> Sorry,
1: so, I gotta be he Division was frustrated because you're brother. like i
0: like you as a person but professionally i fucking hate you anyway we're going to take a short break we're going to we got about 20 more minutes left to cram in uh about big daddy v mabel and you know what we're going probably going to just say uh really short on viscera so you can scream about big daddy v the two greatest years in professional wrestling history. So we'll be back right after this.
1: Hi, everyone. We just wanted to take this moment to thank everyone who subscribes to our Patreon. Um, you, This show is already worthwhile for us because it's very fun to talk about cum, but it's more fun to get paid for talking about cum, which you allow us to do. So keep drinking that cum.
0: Cum drinkers. So we're back from break. And you know what? Here's what happens to our best friend, Mabel, is he... Unfortunately, even when you don't like a WWE gimmick, you have to use that on the indies. So he does become Mabel. He works for Puerto Rico, WWC, the murderer himself, Carlos Cologne, which is crazy when you look at Carlito, because every time I see Carlito, I'm like, oh, that guy's fucking dad covered up a murder. Cool, which is so fucked up. And everyone's like, Carlito, he's a fucking, he's a laid back guy whose dad will kill you. So <laughs> one of the least up? laid back things a person can do, really. Well, it's like I remember someone I joke about this, but John Gotti growing up Gotti where it's like, yeah, they killed hundreds and hundreds of people and now they get their own fucking reality show. That,
1: I mean, that yeah. is crazy.
0: It is crazy. So he returned the USWA, of course, which is uh, he was rebranded Memphis Championship Wrestling. Sorry, uh, reading the notes here, went oh, through okay. a number of administrative changes. Of course, it arrived at USWA, like I said. Try sometimes trying to read the is more. He went to, to- <laughs> More confusing than it should be. He went to Tokyo <laughs> in Japan, and honestly, one of my favorite things about ECW, which is he makes a one-night-only appearance in ECW, just to be squashed, essentially, by Spike Dudley, which is something that I think is worth its weight in gold, how Paul Heyman would be like, oh, bring in this guy who was booked strong but left, and just have someone kick the fucking shit out of him. He's gone. And I think that, like... That was such an interesting thing about ECW that did uh they did and another thing I really liked was Tommy Dreamer would just use people's finishing moves for clear two counts which I really liked.
1: All the time uh fuck Tommy Dreamer let's just get that. People who think it's on the ECW Mount Rushmore you're psycho. Let's get that out of really? the way.
0: Really? Okay. Well, fucking Christ, we're on a goddamn time constraint. You
1: Pretty back off to for Tommy. Uh <laughs> for, for Viscera uh, I will say this era of his is where he drops off the map for me, right? This is the era of his career where I've only seen the, the Spike Dudley match sit, uh, going back and watching it. And I totally agree with you. The sense to know to do that is a stroke of Paul Heyman genius. So no matter what Viscera's one appearance fee was, it's probably worth that, especially when you consider it as a mirror to the Spike Dudley Bam Bam match where Bam Bam just throws Spike into the crowd. You're building Bam Bam. Yeah, you're sinking Viscera. Very savvy. Um, but again... I don't think you have to be a genius to see this guy's value to a Federation, right? Like this, if you want Spike Dudley to get a valuable win, you couldn't build. There hasn't been a wrestler in history who gets that point across better than Viscera.
0: And the acid drop is such a perfect move where it's like, essentially, you're just asking these guys to do all the move they all have, which is a splash. Yeah. He just kills fat guys and they do (laughs) splashes and the ring shakes because it looks amazing. Anyway, he comes back as Viscera in uh yeah as at- part of the ministry of darkness and does look like he's a, a man who loves kink
1: no like, doubt about it it just a-
0: looks like he's here to fucking bang which is so funny because then when they go to viscera that loves to bang it's like he looks way less like he likes to bang than he did <laughs> yes! as-, as the ministry because he's like he's a six foot five <laughs> hundred pound man just in leather and then a leather coat it looks yeah. like he takes the coat off and just fucks someone's wife and then everyone fucks his wife
1: and, and no one complains in this situation either if no. if the, no, the demon sensual absolutely now if the denim on denim is the canadian tuxedo is a leather blazer over leather and leather the viscera tuxedo are we willing to say this
0: <laughs> this is like vince mcmahon saw blade and was like let's do that <laughs> it really is. And i'd love to like imagine like just viscera in that scene in blade where they're all in the vampire orgy that's what that's what keeps me up at night
1: but that is the exact vibe and there were yeah. so many wrestlers who could not who would seem horrible in this role who would be corny and sink them and be utterly unbelievable for modern reference of Buddy Matthews and House of Black isn't quite jiving for me yet like the fitting into of course these not
0: Buddy Matthews is like okay you got these two goth guys and then you got this fucking <laughs> jacked dude who Named looks like Buddy fucking-
1: <laughs> <laughs> at least like
0: so the House of Black thing we'll, we'll talk about this quickly and then we'll have to move on because time I'm so is sorry. running out but the thing about like the Julia Hart storyline is and what AEW is it's for nerds and the Julie Hart storyline is almost exactly the same storyline as the thing that led Woman to to doom but you yes. just take out the weird race thing which That's is Exactly right. Spit in the eye and now she's evil where it's like Julie Hart was this clean cut person spit in the eye now she's a heel and honestly it improves her character quite a bit that happens to a lot of people new in wrestling where it's like you get to be a heel so you learn how to be like this loud character and then you can mm-hmm. bring it back in and become a baby face but viscera was like one two and three the example of Vince McMahon going your body's gross your body is gross your body is gross here's nine <laughs> layers you wrestle in a trench coat that has a full outfit underneath like it looks like viscera was like i usually drive a car but i have to walk to the bus and it's minus 10. that's how he was dressed
1: <laughs> but i I I like the look. For the record, as true as it is that it looks at points that he's wearing a giant trash bag, and is later on the 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 king gear, the one purple piece. There are moments of that, but he. He is somebody I will never forget as a wrestler in terms of a visual. And this is a visual business and a, a moments business. And Viscera, oh, you yeah. talked about, not to jump ahead too far here, but when you talk about them Do whatever the to, fuck you
0: want, man. Here's what woo! we're going to miss. If you jump ahead from right now, we're about 1999 to 2007, you're going to miss one appearance in TNA oh, no. and then Viscera loving to fuck. And he lost a boxing match to Rocky Johnson.
1: Well, I have to talk about the boxing match at some point. Hilarious. Uh, But I was going to talk about this sexy era. The Trish, do you remember this Trish Stratus angle in particular where he, yes. won, he takes Trish? I think it's either on two episodes of raw or twice in one episode of raw. He takes her for dinner. She's being hunted by Kane trying to get back at her. Cause he is, she has turned down her, his love. So, Kane is trying to kill Trish. She goes for the biggest, meanest person she can find. And Viscera sort of uses this okay, I'll protect you, Trish, but when this is all over, Weird we're going to get down. <laughs> and
0: what yeah, else is the rapey era of wrestling? It, like, it and is, which is crazy because every era is that. It, yeah, it is. <laughs> it's, you're the, it's literally the most troublesome era where john says this all the time but like everyone looks at the adaptator uh what's actually way worse is when people stop paying attention because vince was yes like, what will get people's attention how about this we're gonna, john is right yeah we're gonna um we're just gonna beat up a member of glad for real in the ring
1: <laughs> 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 well and it, it's so that era and as a kid i don't think i can be held accountable for this i will say I actually thought oh, no. that angle was really cool as a kid. And obviously this is deeply sexist. I shouldn't say I thought this angle was cool. Let me rephrase this. I was scared of viscera in this angle. Like viscera threatening Trish. You were 17 at this time? No, I was. Maybe I wasn't watching live. Maybe going back and watching. Okay. I can't remember was I what Whatever it was, I have a distinctive. That's 2004.
0: Yes. You are 88, correct? Yeah, 88. So yeah. No, you're 16.
1: So That's I remember acceptable. I remember thinking that viscera was like, oh, well, I mean, a super isn't. But if that is, trust me, there are way worse things about 16 year old. I was me just
0: trying to fucking than,
1: oh, <laughs> get me out of that. What forums were you on? Yeah. Well, an like
0: Example. I was a yeah, an housekeeper.
1: Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> listen, you said that I did it. Uh, but <laughs> viscera is creepy and you feel uncomfortable, not only because yeah. of the angle, but it's that from that era, it is insane how many things I don't remember. I remember Crystal Clear being like, Cain is hunting Trish and Viscera is a rapey creep. And when those two collide, it genuinely is going to feel like two monsters going at one another. Now, the feud ends in the most sexist, horrible way possible with Viscera losing. And then he turns on Trish and beats her up in ring to raucous cheers from the crowd. Which he would then do too. Oh, r- and, oh, and my, Garcia. I forgot. Also, Is the Lillian thing after that? Yeah. Oh, my God. So they must have noticed yeah. what a big pop he gets. For- oh, buddy. He has Trish in the full Nelson, is it? And is like shaking around because her- he gets an enormous reaction. There. I guess this is number six then because there's right. also
0: this guy loves to fuck.
1: Yeah, right. That is number six here. Which and- is also
0: a horrible uh, stereotype. Wow. Ugh. Vince adds, oh, uh, the attitude there, He adds another terrifying stereotype. Let me to crank this up? Let's, cr- oh, <laughs> Let's go back. You know what? All these stereotypes were from when we internalized our racism. Let's go back to 1900 when it was very external and use one of the oldest ones. Borderline celebrated in some spots. It's, it's, oh, dude, because uh, this is also, I knew this was going to happen because it was like they used the Mark Henry character and then that was so successful on like getting it all right so mark henry whatever you want to say about sexual chocolate at least it like gave the like visceral was so much creepier yes. because he was always looking he would walk right up to the lady and look down on them yeah whereas mark henry was like he's like he just has a nice face so he was just like okay i'll just be i'll just be handsome mark henry and i'll smile and i'm big and i'll protect the women
1: that i'm with it's like a suave thing with uh, sexual chocolate. And you buy it a lot more. Viscera feels like you take did. Trish home and Skinner alive. Exactly. And the, uh, never in one of these. It's like, oh, Viscera is smooth. I was like, no, he's not. He's No, <laughs> <laughs> he's horrifying. But there is, there, again, the booking is horrible and racist and sexist. But is there utility in wrestling for somebody who is a believable, big, scary guy? Not creepy. I don't 100%. want creepy in my wrestling. But I think if AEW signed somebody who is believably as unnerving, as focused, as uh Creepy, but not in a sexist way. As this I think it would lend itself to modern wrestling. I really do. There's not enough. That's the thing. AEW is missing is like
0: this is the thing. Wrestling's missing is the big fat bodyguard. Brodus Clay is the closest thing we have now, and he's to, horrible. To, yeah, but like it, as a bodyguard, just a guy. You, know what I think Brodus Clay misses on is that he's not big enough. You need a dude who yeah. is Mabel's size. Where it's like that guy's fucking a monster. Like that guy's. Like I remember watching Big Show. At like a SmackDown in 2001 like or two, and seeing him come down the ramp, and it's so—I was in the upper bowl—and it's so different than seeing any other person because you're like that man in every single way is the biggest person I've ever seen. And I don't know if you follow professional sports, but I used to—I went to a Raptors game and I saw seven foot seven, Eugene um in probably the exact six. same. But it wasn't—he sort of was smaller. He looked smaller to me than the Big Show interesting i wonder what and that i was like was. the same almost the like exact same seat it was like the that- exact same seats he looked smaller because he you see the height but you don't see like there's just fucking this fucking width and this just size to him but anyway quickly hard- we're gonna okay, talk okay. about big daddy v who i think if he did not have the biggest boobs <laughs> i've ever seen would have been
1: a huge star because yes. my god that what a look uh a guy built for the he's maybe at that point a little late to wrestling like not that work rate is at the prominent era that it is but if if he was around in the the 70s as he is his big daddy v here there's not a federation that wouldn't have him as world champion like he is every bit of a superstar an attraction a there's is he bigger than big show big show is taller but this is better because he has to be but he's bigger and the other thing is his body holds it well he has very wide shoulders that's so he is just a no-brainer to be pushed here he doesn't get a long time at the top but i agree big daddy v is somebody that could have they could have done something with
0: yeah and he's a very awkward thing where it's like they obviously put big daddy v and mark henry together this starts the we're, this starts world championship mark henry yes um Big Daddy V can't do that, but you can clearly see they really would way rather have gone with Big Daddy V than Mark Henry because once again, Mark Henry is an amazing look. Mark Henry legitimately won um, the Arnold Classic, which, as far as strongman goes, is like he's a Super Bowl champion. Um, right, and, that's true. And Big Daddy V just looks he the scariest look I've ever seen. Like where it's like I agree with that. Number he, one, they, scariest. they spent all this time building up, um, covering him up and giving him um contact lenses and playing with his look when it's like all they had to do is like put this guy in a singlet and it's like yeah his his jugs are everywhere but like
1: he's covered in tattoos and he's like he's a monster man. no one looks at that guy and thinks i could beat him in a fight no one everyone on earth yeah. would be like oh i would lose to a fight and that's to wrestling
0: a- Well, that's wrestling where it's like yeah that's fake but i don't want to mess with that guy that's wrestling
1: it used to be the tough guy business before MMA breaks through the toughest guy in the bar would go into pro wrestling. Like that was the, the job of the tough man. And uh, even amongst those, I suspect uh, Viscera could probably have his way with a few of them. So I agree with you. Push big Vidaddy daddy V.
0: Yeah, exactly. Anyway, so they, they push him. But this is also in the era of CM Punk. This is a really era where you're going to get a lot of heat because they come up with this amazing look and this amazing way and and this honestly this thing where i think it does stay weirdly true to the ecw vision but he's um uh he's in the era where they're trying to transition out of ECW being ECW and also satisfy that sci-fi audience that people forget about is that they wanted a bit of sci-fi content so they have Kane on there and whatever and they're trying to rebuild people using ECW and ECW fans are obviously mad at it because they're nerds who like work rate and also if you're going to have a guy like Big Daddy V he better have some underdog stories so they can get behind him. Like they would totally put up with a guy who's not the best worker but you need a public underground story which is interesting because it's like if i'm in wrestling if i'm in wwe especially around this point 2007 2008 when it's like nerds are just learning their power and they really actually learned their power with that batista randy orton match on ecw where they start chanting change the channel and shit (laughs) (laughs) but like they learn their power and i would totally i would totally have been like plant stories with dave Meltzer about Big Daddy V being like, you know, he was denied a push because of some dude in the back.
1: Yeah. The Sandman's got an issue with him or whatever it is. I I mean, like legit,
0: like viscera, like, oh, you know, Shawn Michaels really hated Mabel and, you know, whatever.
1: I I love that idea as a means to. And I think we learn now how effective those things can be. And we maybe uh, thought of them as too small a factor at the time. Like dropping a Dave Meltzer story was a piece of booking uh, at a point in time in wrestling. 100%,
0: 100%, especially like 2007, 2008, where you don't have multiple sources. You literally still just kind of have Dave Meltzer and Wade Keller. And Wade keller is like, he's good. But you know what I mean? Corp like, trying like at Dave that
1: point. point. He's going, oh, okay, remember me, guys?
0: Corp Bauer? <laughs> I fucking. Corp Bauer is a loser. Anyway. Yeah, he sucks. Man, I remember, I just hear like, all these stories of people who are adjacent to wrestling talking about how Corp, like everyone's like hanging out and Corp Bauer is like, in a fucking v-neck with a suit <laughs> coat on just being like i'm getting an email from a producer and like, we're just we're just trying to eat eggs man. yeah like, I'm just
1: woke up. <laughs> mlw and also have doesn't have up. producers so no one's buying oh,
0: sorry it. i just got i'm doing a bunch of industry business
1: <laughs> yeah yeah he's like the it's silicon like, oh, valley bro for wrestling Terrible. oh
0: yeah man he he used to have a podcast with john pollock where it's like i mean john pollock's amazing and i love god him. bless
1: john pollock forever
0: dude he's the best anyway um but like dude the, he was in him just talking about like development deals he might have or it's like i know you i know who you are like i fucking know who you are Awful. there's a great comedian will weldon who would just retweet people who just said they had meetings in la and he would just bulk <laughs> retweet them and then some guy was like why are you doing this and he just went to embarrass you because you're a loser <laughs> he stopped it after a yeah. while, but it's like that's anyway, a great thing to do did you know this did you know he's
1: dead I did. Okay, so he's dead. He died of a heart attack. Did you know that? Uh, I did know that, but I mean, it, you know, if you say, how's this guy going to go? You would probably guess that. That'd 100%. be on the table.
0: And then, unfortunately, since they were taking everyone that would, he was in the CTE lawsuit, and 100% was one of the reasons it gets thrown oh. out. Because oh. they're like, look at this. Fu- There's no way this guy fucking died that way. Yeah. They, of course, look over CTE, look for his brain. No CTEs there.
1: He didn't bump yeah I, the, what, what, who hit him in the head yeah we did his back didn't might have been so it. yeah i mean undertaker knocked him down once that might uh that might have hurt a bit which is so funny that it's like
0: wrestling hurt me and it's like so clearly like no you hurt everyone else you hurt the laziest guys <laughs> the guys were like oh i can literally i'm yeah. fucking diesel i want to have a layup getting match. hurt with kevin dash like kevin dash is not hilarious. going out there to get hurt like, it's
1: hilarious
0: we combined didn't...
1: have six moves you hurt me with three of yours so I should have researched this before. So I apologize, Dylan. I know that we're in a hurry Never, here. So dude, I,
0: ne- you didn't listen to many episodes of this show. Never.
1: I listened to only the Jeff Hardy ignorant. one, but you've picked up on a listener. Now I, I listened to the Jeff Hardy one in preparation to come on to this. I will Ooh, be listening to the wrestler review every week. Three. You thought, <laughs> <I> thought <laughs> hey, I, you, I, my mom, me, those are three people who are great by my money. And uh, I think you guys got a wonderful thing. You've picked up a listener. So I, the lack of research, I apologize. But dude, there was always again, John has gotten whole sloss of... But there was a rumor online at the time that Visra wrestled an independent tag match that there's mm-hmm. not video of, like weeks before he passed. That oh, wow. there was, like within weeks of dying, he was in the ring, like sort of seen as this road warrior who, who went down swing swinging, which even if it's true, like I never get the sense viscero was like in love with the biz, like a guy who would have gone into the ring despite loving it since he's three. I wonder if that was true and if he was doing it for love of the game or if it was like a big indie financial shot. I don't, I would love an interview where it's like, who got you
0: into wrestling and who is the guy who you're like, I want to be that guy? Because like, who is yeah. it? Did he watch Haystacks Calhoun? And he's like, fuck, I don't have to move at all, do I? Well,
1: he's, he says Bigelow, right? In the, the, the research you sent me, I think he said Bigelow was his big inspiration. And it's like
0: Bigelow was doing, especially at that time, he was doing fucking somersaults and like fucking. Well, does a corkscrew
1: moonsault. <laughs> it's like.
0: Bam, Bam right? Bigelow is fucking crazy talented
1: and like. <laughs> He's very good. He's nowhere near as good as Vader. And that, and that six, debate. eight,
0: six, eight, 500 pounds could have been six, eight, 350. He still would have been fucking massive.
1: The beast from the damn East. Babe. No, I'm talking about like a fucking Mabel. Oh, Mabel. Yeah. Mabel shrinks him. It's it's nuts. Like it's Mabel crazy. needed his hero to be like John Tenta or something or Andre. <laughs> like He wasn't going to be doing any of the movesets of Vader. Yeah, there. man. Which is like, but I just mean like
0: it was within his grasp to yeah. lose that weight. I mean, obviously, you know uh what a, it's fucking 2022 i don't want to fucking downplay anyone's like food addiction or some shit but like you know it's it's within his grasp he had a lot of stuff at his disposal
1: and um i don't think you're being mean he was doing something athletic for a living like i don't think that's uh i don't think you're risking anything Mean, yeah there.
0: man even just the steps you get on the way to the ring
1: yeah he you just know. fucking combated that shit Man, I'm in horrible shape. You can get me walking. That's a long ramp. You know, I can imagine myself. I take the subway and I'm like,
0: I'm at my fucking steps. (laughs) Anyway, uh, thank you so much. Once again, uh, where can we find you on Twitter and uh, give us wrestling brain is on Twitch. You guys do a live uh, AEW reaction from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern. And um, that's twitch.tv
1: backslash wrestling brain. What a plug, man. Yeah, that's exactly right. We do, uh, yeah, twitch.tv slash wrestling brain. If you listen, th- these plugs, no one, when I listen to a podcast and I hear like a long list of plugs, I tune out. Go to, I'm at J0SHC on Twitter. If you want to be inundated with the bullshit I'm talking about, go follow me there because all it is is the bullshit I'm talking about. But yes, wrestling underscore brain, patreon.com slash J0SHC. If you want to hear those ECW review recaps, there's uh, 80 episodes of back content there. 80 there's a lot back. of content there. That's but good. listen, they're getting it from the wrestler review. Thank you so much for having me, Dylan. This was a blast to do. Uh, and uh, I hope John uh, returns safely and all's well with him as well.
0: Uh, you know what John will be be fine he's had a rough year but uh, thank you so much for doing this and uh, you can get us on twitter at wrestler review at wrestler review on tiktok and instagram as well I'll be tagging uh, Josh in all the tweets and stuff so go to wrestler review click on Josh's twitter follow him for what wrestling brain is up to you guys do great work thank you so so much and next week we're doing Dixie fucking Carter so enjoy that
1: oh come on
0: yeah buddy I don't know you can come on if you want why not if you got time
1: <laughs> oh Dixie. I mean, anyway, you're you're you need someone up. who's watched
0: fucking this shit because me and John were too busy fucking doing drugs and nothing else that was good. But yeah.
1: It's only a mark of shame. I was I feel like my friend <laughs> Bo and I I don't know anybody besides my friend Bo and I who watched, like of my entire social circle, all the wrestling talk I've never met somebody else it's like no weekly, I was tuning into impact and buying the nine dollar Wednesday pay-per-views.
0: Nine dollar Wednesday pay you're spending thirty-six dollars a month.
1: They only did two. I think they were bi-weekly, and my neighbor oh, Bo, he would buy one. Or were they monthly? I don't remember. They did Wednesday, no, because the normal ones were monthly. So yeah, it must have yeah. been monthly pay-per-view, and then a um, Wednesday ten-dollar one as well. But my neighbor Bo and I would, would the dude pulled the gun ones. on
0: the little person pulled the gun on Jeff Jarrett. You watched that shit
1: live. I I was there for all of it, and you were like i'm gonna be a fan of this company for a while (laughs) my problem was i was so poisoned against wwe like i was so starved for something else that i was like
0: oh i get it that's i think i honestly think that's why aw1 is like at the beginning product and now you're seeing it bear out with who they've signed and shit you can't even say it was close to as good a roster as the nxt had but everyone was just like i don't want to support the government of saudi arabia anyway thank you so much Thank you, brother. Enjoy listening. Back next week with Dixie Carter and uh, Hastings will be back and if he's not fucking good, I swear to God, I'll fucking do this shit alone if I have to. Thank you so much. (laughs) Bye, guys.